everyone, and welcome to a new episode of High Five on the Road. This time I am not on the road, I'm actually still in the office, but I was able to have someone who drove all the way here just for me, that's what he claims at least, and we are very excited to have him here with us. So I'll let him introduce himself to you all. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Marty Daigle, and I am from Greenville, South Carolina, and I did drive all the way here. Um, I've come up uh, actually today for uh, certification testing uh, for level two. And um, I'm, like I said, from Greenville, South Carolina, and I work at a camp and retreat center there in upstate Greenville. It's called Pleasant Ridge Camp and Retreat Center. And our primary uh, purpose, however, is to serve camps in the summer that serve children and adults with uh, intellectual and physical disabilities. And Camp Spearhead is the primary camp that we serve there. I'm going to ask this question because I ask this to every single uh, person that I interview. For you, adventure education, as you perceive it to be, what was the origin point for you? Uh, so prior to my working for Greenville County and going uh, and, and kind of taking on that role, working with the special needs population, prior to that, I worked as a youth and family minister in the church and had an opportunity to go to a camp out in Colorado called Rainbow Trails. And it was a training for youth and family ministers. And one of the tools that they used there was their challenge course, their linear challenge course. And yeah. uh, in all my life, I'd actually never been on one. And uh, the day that we went up there and, and spent doing that was was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, the thing, though, it, while all of the stuff up high was fun, uh, the thing that I really took away from it was the debrief, hmm. the opportunity for people to share yeah. uh, what they went through in that day. And so at that point, I kind of had this, uh, I guess, a kind of a, a realization that that yeah. was something that I wanted to to try to be a part of one day. Yeah. Didn't know that I would ever have an opportunity to get into camping or uh, e- even more into any kind of adventure program. Mm-hmm. And uh, a little while later, I got a call from a friend who asked me if I wanted uh, to come and volunteer for a weekend to do program for a special needs camp called Camp Spearhead in Mm -hmm. Greenville, South Carolina. I went, I played guitar, played some music, (laughs) played some games. I'd never worked with a special needs population in my life. And a couple weeks later, uh, they posted a job for a program coordinator. I applied, was fortunate enough to be uh, given the job. Mm And that was kind of my start um, in back kind of getting back into the people side yeah. of things, which was exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, when I I took the job, the very first summer was uh, eye opening because yeah. I wanted to do I wanted to do traditional camp with mm-hmm. a population that's not exactly traditional yeah. uh, for camp things. And so uh, being creative and adaptive to things that we were doing like canoeing and, and archery and slingshots and some of that kind of stuff. Those more traditional camp programs was, was a good introduction for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, and at the camp that we were at, at that time, originally they had a cable walk and that was it. Huh. <laughs> there was a, a, bu- a belay cable above yeah. and just a, a cable walk that you go, go, go across almost like a Burma bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And, we introduced that to campers, uh, had someone come and inspect it for us to make sure it was okay yeah. to use and, uh, introduced that back to the campers to be able to do. And that was, uh, it was a blast to see that. Yeah. 
Uh, fast forward a couple years, we built a brand new facility and in doing so, uh, built a, a challenge course that, uh, that invited that, invited yeah. the accessibility and created that. So yeah. that's kind of my introduction to it. Yeah. Uh, and have some, had some great experiences, uh, in doing that. It, it has been interesting because it hasn't been the typical population yeah. that we're putting on our course. Yeah. Uh, these are folks who are, uh, who have intellectual disabilities, who have physical disabilities. And so, uh, trying to figure out a way to get, um, a young man out of a wheelchair who has, uh, neuromuscular disease, who can't support his body, uh, or introducing challenge by choice to someone who's nonverbal or mm-hmm. deaf or blind, uh, has been interesting. Yeah. And you were mentioning to me when we were on the course doing the exam, you recently had one of these experiences where you realized the immediate power of some of that work that you do. You want to share yes, a little yes. bit of that? So, so Scotty is a camper who's been camping with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a fascinating man. He's, he's blind and he's deaf. Mm-hmm. And um, what's really amazing to me is the staff that we hire to take care of our campers. Uh, a lot of them don't know sign language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so their first introduction to that is to these folks. Uh-huh. And so Scotty uh, is pretty amazing in being able to teach people what he needs. Uh-huh. And so he teaches them to communicate, teaches them to, you know, works with them and, and trying to show them, you know, what Braille looks like and feels yeah. like. And so it's pretty amazing. Well, Scotty had, he's been up to our challenge course before and, you know, it's kind of hard to get a, a sense for where he would be in that. Mm-hmm. And so our goal this year was to try to get Scotty to do our zip line. That was the goal. Yeah. Uh, our goal changed once we got Scotty in a harness. Uh, he's very trusting and he knows that when he's there, we're not going to put him in a position. Our goal is not to, and he knows that we're not going to put him in a position where he's yeah. going to be um, in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, although something that's unfamiliar or new, he's definitely going to explore. Mm-hmm. So uh, the access for our zip line is a, is a, we call it the taco net. It's just a cargo net that, mm-hmm. um, goes up to a platform that's about 40 feet in the air. Yeah. Scotty, we put his harness on him. We attached him to the belay system to go up the net. And Scotty took, uh, he, at best, he probably went six feet in mm-hmm. the cargo net. But watching him explore that net and learn this new place because he did get high enough so that the net was floating and he was swinging around in it a little bit. Um, you could see concern on his face. You could see these emotions kind of going through his face. Yeah. Um, but it was very powerful for me to watch yeah. him experience and explore something that was so common and every day for me. Mm-hmm. Um, no telling how many times I've climbed oh, that yeah. net and never thought about the motion of it. Um, I've since climbed it with my eyes closed to see yeah. it's, and it's, it's pretty neat. <laughs> um, but you know, when Scotty was done, you could see even the impact that it had on our staff, yeah. uh, a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, having an opportunity to do stuff like that is, is just, it makes you want to do more. Yeah. 
And what led you to us? Like we have a lot of people who visit us from all over, but um, mainly in the Northeast, but anyone that travels much further is always a little bit of like, where did you come from? Why are you <laughs> yeah. here? Well, every time I come here, it's always funny because Jim always introduced himself to me and then he's he's always shocked that I've <laughs> yeah. come from South Carolina. He's like, again, yeah. why are you here? <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, I come, I, I found you because I was just, it was a Google. Yeah. Um, High Five showed up as yeah. a place who does certifications mm-hmm. and um, I came here initially for beyond basics mm. and then to be certified as level two. Yeah. Um, my initial reason for coming here was to get my level two certification. Yeah. Since then I've come back, I presented on adaptive programming mm-hmm. at a symposium. Um, and then I'm back this time for a, a certification again. What I value more here mm-hmm. is the emphasis that is placed more so on the training and the certification just happens to be something that happens as a result of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, I, I like the, I like the mission. Mm-hmm. I, I like, um, and I like the approach that high five has. Is there any like areas outside of this field that you've been bringing into the work that you do? Because you've got a lot of experience, it seems, elsewhere. And I'm always interested where people bring, especially the facilitation portion, because we were mentioning today that uh, there is emphasis sometimes put on achieving a certification because it, you know, it looks good on a resume or an insurance organization needs it. But the thing that we strive to try to have as thinking practitioners, people who have great facilitation skill, because I think that would reduce a lot of the issues that you see. And as more aero adventure parks appear and zipline tours, and obviously the rate increases of the of potential incident, and we hear about that stuff, there is such a desire from my perspective to get good facilitation. And I sense that in, in the work that you do and in, in the small moments I've seen you, but where does that come from? Because that if, if you've been doing this nine years, I don't think necessarily it's come from necessarily fully from challenge courses. You've got it from somewhere else. So I, I was at, right out of high school. I went into the Navy. Oh, wow. And so I have to credit a lot of where I am in my life today mm-hmm. to that, to my time in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the opportunity to be able to go there and uh, my recruiter has no clue. I have yep. no clue where he is today, what he's doing now. But the day that I left to go to boot camp, mm-hmm. he did something that I think impacted me, changed me forever. Mm-hmm. He handed me, it, it seems really silly, but he handed me this envelope, big manila, van, manila vanilla envelope, yeah. the big brown <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. And he said, this has your information in it and the three gentlemen who are traveling with you. Mm-hmm. This has to get to you know, the boot camp in Orlando, Florida, where I was going. Yeah. And when he handed me that, I was just 18 years old and I took it and I, I, it, while it seemed silly, I, I owned that. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, okay, I'll make sure that happens. And as silly as that sounds, it impacted me for the rest of the time that I was there. And I don't yeah. know if he had, there was any intention behind that or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I also found that during my time while I was in the Navy, I, um, I was somebody who 
my friends and, and other shipmates was able to talk to. Mm. And I'm not sure it, I, I never, <laughs> never said, Hey, if you have any problems, come see me. Oh, yeah. But I enjoy talking to people. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that kind of carried over even into my time working in the church and, you know, doing youth mm. ministry and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, to be honest, Phil, I think where it comes from is my desire to know people and to understand them yeah. and kind of meet them where they are. I, it's, it's an important thing for me. When yeah. I, when I first started my job with Camp Spearhead, I knew that I would be working with individuals with Down syndrome, autism, uh, varieties of different intellectual and physical disabilities. Mm-hmm. And so before I started the job, I went to the library and I started getting all this information and I wanted to know about the people that I was going to be working with. Mm-hmm. I realized very quickly, I told my wife, I said, the answer is not in these books because I've already met a lot of these people because I did that volunteer weekend. And I said, yeah. some of them don't fit in these boxes. And so my approach then with camp and with the the people that we serve was just to try to meet them where they are. And, and, and that I think that's probably where most of it has come from is just mm-hmm. that desire to, to try to be with people where they're comfortable and where they are. We, we have discussions consistently as a training organization, as a team, and also in the industry about uh, fatigue, about feeling burnt out in our career because it's, because connection is there, but it's, it, Connection can be exhausting, but the intensity of some of the work that we do is also quite emotionally taxing. How, what is your coping mechanism? How do you, cause you've been doing, and you do, I credit to you, do a much tougher, from my opinion, job than me, but how do you keep motivated in doing what you're doing? It's a great question. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe some of it has to do with, um, Maybe it's, maybe some of it has to do with my age. You know, I'll be 55 in November. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to keep doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I were younger, you know, I would be more distracted by other things. And, you know, I don't know that it would be burnout so much as, yeah. you know, a temptation of something else, yeah. something bigger or something. Um, but I'm in a place right now, Phil, I've had, I've had a lot of jobs in my life. Yeah. And I, and I tell young people this when they come work at our camp. Your goal in life should be to find a career that you get to go do every day, not that you have to go do. So you want to do the get to's, not the have to's. There are have to's that you have to do throughout your entire life. And the have to's will exhaust you. But when you get to do the get to's, there's, there's power and there's energy and, and it, it, and it matters to the people that you surround yourself with. Mm Um, my wife is a great supporter of, of what I do. Um, my kids are, yeah. um, when I first started with camp spearhead, all three of my kids would come and they have this great connection with our campers. Now, mm-hmm. when my, when my kids walk into the dining hall, you would think a celebrity had just walked. <laughs> um, and yeah. so, you know, and, and then even beyond that, our staff, I've got a great mm-hmm. program coordinator, uh, her name is Tiffany and she's been here. Yeah. And, and she came to me at one point. She said, you know, there are other places that offer certifications. I said, yes, there are, but they're not high five. And so yeah. we're going to high five. Yeah. Uh, she came here for the symposium with me. Yeah. Um, but her, 
She's much younger than I am, but her passion mm. for serving people is is there, yeah. and and I see that, and I feel that, and so it's important, I think, to to make sure that the folks that you're with, that you're working with, share that same passion and that same that same energy, and it, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah, um, there are days where I'm tired, yeah. and you know, uh, but you know, it, it does it does help, I think. To be able to find those people to help you draw on that energy. Yeah. Are there any other that same mindset with with Tiffany and and also I think if we have a lot of people come to us who are asking advice on how to be in this field and in this industry and do this work for a full time career. If someone was to ask you that question to you, like what what advice could you give to me as a new person in this industry that would continue? Like what advice could you give to me? I, I have I have people. Like that all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you hire a seasonal employee for camp yeah. and, um, you know, they're, they're like, this is what I want to do for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And, uh, you know, for me telling, you know, if, 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 if they're telling me that, um, I think the bigger thing is, you know, I, I come back and I say, there's a lot of variables to this yeah. and it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's like the old joke when I used to work in the church, uh, I, I knew pastors who would say stuff like, you know, people look at what like pastors do and they yeah. tell them, you know, come on, it's not that tough of a job. You got six days to come up with a 15 minute book report <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and, and in the camp world, it, it's challenging. Yeah. And so to make sure that, you know, that you're not being, you're not being kind of caught by the glitter. But that you're seeing that there's there's a lot of dirt that there goes is. into yeah. that, and it's 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 tough work. Yeah. Um, but if it is truly something that you want to do, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, to be be prepared um, to do things that you that are going to challenge you mm-hmm. um, to get to that point, uh, and to you know to take the steps that you need to take. But it's it's still it's a tough industry to get into. Yeah. It's tight. It's, it it's like camp, you know, it is camping to me in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. I mean, you're just, there's just not that many open positions. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is people coming up that have, that have worked for years in, in it. So, yeah. um, it's often cases that I, I sometimes, and I've referred to this in other interviews, but I sometimes feel guilty when people ask it because of what you're saying, it, it, there isn't that many opportunity sure. and there is a small amount of luck. You mentioned even you went to this place and experienced this and you applied and you got the oh, job. It, yes. <laughs> so, yes. By all know. means, it was, it was <laughs> like, and I still, to this day, yeah. you know, I, I, I should put a sign up over my door that says, please don't wake me up <laughs> because I'm dreaming right now, you know, so. Yeah. And it, I think it's this, there is, and I like your reference of the, of the, of the work you have to put in. I, I don't think that it's something that you can jump into. There has to be awareness that there's a lot of work to it. We have, um, a, there's a book that we read that talked about legacy, which is all about the new, uh, New Zealand All Blacks. But one of the title, one of the chapters in it was called Sweep the Sheds, which was nobody's too big to do the little things that need to be done. And I think that's always a good mindset in this field to also have too. And there's people who want to immediately get to where you and I are at in our career or something, you know, how do we get to there? And there has to be a realization sometimes that there has to be the work put in to get to there. And that can be disarming for people, but I agree if there's the passion and you can see that, um, I try my best to give them the advice I can to try to keep them in it because I I know of many people who've had phenomenal facilitation skill, phenomenal 
um, uh, abilities in this industry but have just disappeared because they didn't have the desire or the passion to continue. And that's always disappointing because – which sort of, you know, is going to lead us me to my next question because I feel like we know the power and anyone who's in this space and anyone who's probably even listening to this knows the strength of what we do, the impacts that we have, the emotional experiences that we have and we create – where do you see the future of this industry, adventure education, in the next five, ten years? And you've seen growth at Spearhead, but as you see it from a different lens, from the adaptive programming lens, where do you see the next five to ten years? That's a great question. Uh, so if you back up five to ten years, yeah. I would say that, you know, looking at it then, I think there was a concern for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think some of that concern had to do with, aerial adventure parks and some of the, uh, you know, that kind of world moving in a little bit. And so, you know, I do think that adventure education has done a great job uh, as an industry, as a, as individuals, as, as a group of people Mm -hmm. of creating that identity again. Uh, And and that's one of the things I like about high five Mm -hmm. is that they don't get lost in the identity of, the adventure world that, that, that it is adventure education yeah. and that there's such an emphasis put on that. Mm-hmm. Um, my hope for the future is that there is a, that there is continued growth in it mm-hmm. and that, that organizations that people like high five, um, are continuing to, to, to train people and put them out there in, in places that, that have an impact Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that it's, it's something that's seen not only just for kids, but it's also a very impactful thing for adults. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's going to be the challenge, I think, then yeah. is being able to figure that out. The, the, the world of adventure education has become more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just aware of in our, in our area, I know that there are people offering similar outcomes with different tools yeah. like cooking, for example. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that, that a group can, can go to a kitchen where a chef's going to teach them to cook a meal and that's considered team development. And it is, yeah. and it's a powerful tool. Yeah. So figuring out ways to make what we do still relevant in the yeah. world is, is the challenge. And I, but I think that's, it's certainly happening. Yeah. And I think that's, we, we sense it in us. We've got a program that does just directly in the classroom work because I think there is a a great need. Social society has a great need still for team development and lots of there are lots of gaps in either education that doesn't really provide that, formal education that doesn't provide it. And outlets camps end up holding a lot of the the uh you know, the reins of you're going to make my children better in the world because we're we're losing out in the classroom. So it's your job to fix it. Um, and we've, we see that too. And it's, that's the thing that we try to impact too. And we went through a period of change in our website to try to get rid of some of the focus of challenge courses, just because we didn't want it just to sideline, sideline ourselves into this as niche market. That's a tool, it is. but a team development and leadership development is still what we we're the experts in or we claim to be the experts in. And it just works as the, that is a tool for us. I think that's the, 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 the frame of reference to have with this stuff because I think 
now a lot because of those aero adventure parks and and canopy tours and zipline tours that do have benefit in their own right but the problem is for our industry sometimes is people see their us and them and see them as equal unless we can truly advocate otherwise um and we can't bend to some of those you know desires of like big money out of these other industries and realize that if we stay mission focused And that really helps maintain our level of expertise. I agree. And I agree with the part that you said about team development. I think that's important to remember that, um, you know, the group initiatives that you're, you just pull props out of a box mm-hmm. are impactful. And, and, you know, quite often we will get groups who will come to us on the retreat side of things that we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and their first call, the first phone call we get from them is, Hey, Marty, we'd really like to come up and do your zip line. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when the group gets there, there are some days that that happens that we never even go to the challenge course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, when it's all said and done, the, you know, it's about meeting the needs of the, the group that's there yeah. and helping them sometimes to, to discern that is, yeah. is a, is a, is a big thing and not just being there to say, Okay, I can charge you this much if we just do team development, but mm-hmm. I can charge you this much more if we take you up on the zip line and selling that. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so it's, it is important. We operate challenge courses. For you, what is the most challenging part of you running your challenge course? I would say just really focused on summer camp, Camp Spearhead, um, and the, the campers that we serve there. Mm-hmm. Even some of the hospital-based camps that we serve, the medical issues and yeah. trying to help and, and allow kids to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think probably the biggest thing is, is our philosophy of challenge by choice. Mm-hmm. We use that. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to discern that yeah. within someone who's nonverbal, who, um, who's blind and they can't see. You know, so you walk up to a 55 foot climbing tower and you say, we're going to climb this tower today. And they, you know, so how do you, how do you assess whether someone's, you know, okay with that? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes from, uh, working to get to know the people, like I said before, understanding Mm -hmm. and meeting them where they are, but then also being, being that voice for them when they need you to be. Yeah. Uh, so it really is about being connected. Um, and you can almost feel, uh, I, and when we do our belay training, mm-hmm. we do some advanced training where it's, it's, it really is, you have to kind of feel through the rope mm-hmm. <laughs> and paying attention to your climber. If you know, when or your participant, when they want to stop, yeah. you know, when they want to be done, and respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to encourage just like we would with a typical group that was yeah. up there. Um, but, you know, be, being aware of that mm-hmm. uh, and being also aware of the impact that making the wrong decision can have on that person. Yeah. Whether whether they're somebody with an intellectual disability or not, mm-hmm. uh, making the right choices um, and recognizing that I think are critical. Um, so, yeah, that's the, the biggest challenge for us is – operating a challenge course with people who are challenged. Yeah. And, you know, and we all are to some degree, yeah. uh, just, you know, today, um, for my gear retrieval, I, I do a lot of work on the ground on our course and, yeah. and, and I don't typically go high. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I do trust all of the gear and that's how I'm able to do that stuff. But, yeah. you know, so, you, so getting up there is, you know, it's a, it's a challenge for yeah. me. 
but it's, you know, at the same time, it's, it's part of what we do. And so, yeah. And I think that that's, you know, that's the reason that people come to us because we're the experts in that realm. An area that we're not expert in would be the adaptive program then that you're suggesting when it comes to challenge courses. And that's a reason why I invite you to come to present at our symposium. I was so honored that you were able to do that for us. Um, if you would be okay with it, I'd love to be able to offer you out as a resource to our potential clients, listeners of someone who has experience working with adaptive programs. So if anyone's listening and has questions about a population that is going to come to them, that they're unsure of and of being able to reach out, but how, how might they reach out to you if they wanted to? They, they can, I, I tell you, Phil, probably one of the best ways is if they just contact you okay. and then you just put us in touch. That's that. probably just eliminates a lot of the, yeah, and, and yeah, absolutely. So yeah, once again, if you're hearing this and inspired by what, Marty is saying, and you working with a population you're unsure of, and you would love questions about how we to deal with some issues. I know that he's on the ground doing that work. So, um, I am consistently inspired by the work that he does. That's why I was happy for him to jump on the call. And I was so glad to see him join us for another exam. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's just an exam. To- <laughs> and on the other side of yeah. that, if, if there's somebody doing something out there that they think is, is really cool and it's yeah. adaptive. Oh, yeah. I, I'm open to that. To, you know, <laughs> I'm probably more open to that than, yeah, than you know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome yeah. just being able to share that information. Thank you for taking this time to chat with me, Martin. I've appreciated it. I appreciate it too. Thank you for having me, Phil. Thanks for listening. And do it again. Thanks for listening. And can you say... Uh, thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. <laughs> and then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting High Five, guys.